0: You sound, you sound really good. You're, and you know, I learned a word from you last week, dulcet. Dulcet? The dulcet yeah. tones? I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I heard it 35 times as I it's was like, editing.
1: Yeah, it's like audio velvet.
0: Hey there, college football fans. Welcome to episode three of Waitin' Since Last Saturday, a Georgia football podcast originating out of Athens, Georgia. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined today, as usual, by the true brains behind this operation, my two co-hosts. First is Will Leach. He's our proud Illinois alumnus who around 10 years ago founded a little website you might have heard of called Deadspin and who is now a senior editor at SportsOnEarth.com among many other outlets. And then we have Tony. (laughs) All kidding aside, UGA grad Tony Waller is one of the most knowledgeable purveyors of college football I've ever met and is the editor of the Georgia Sports Blog. As for me, I'm also a UGA graduate and now run a small video production company called Jawabi Films and host another podcast on iTunes titled Making It Up As We Grow. Today on the podcast, we tackle the SEC as a whole, and you'll hear our takes on which teams might be on the rise for the 2015 season and which fan bases could be in for a disappointment. All three of us choose the four teams we think will make the college football playoff after all is said and done on December 5th, and we'll find out which player we think will win the Heisman. Interestingly enough, all of us pick the same guy. This podcast can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud, Should you choose to listen to us via iTunes, while you're there, if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show, we would be ever so grateful. And if you're ever inclined to tweet at us, our handle is at WSLSpodcast. Oh, and a bit of a housekeeping note before we start. We have three microphones, but two of them so far refuse to work properly. (laughs) So we're working with our engineer to get things straightened out. So if it sounds at times like we're broadcasting out of a metal shipping container, we're aware of it and we put a work order in for it. So, without further delay, we hope you enjoy this episode as we break down the mighty SEC. Without further ado, I guess what we'll do is just a little bit of Georgia housekeeping. Yeah, Yeah. what What have have we missed in the last week? What have we missed in the last week? uh, Tony, Tony, set the table for us. There's
2: a couple of things that have happened. Of course, the big buzz right now, and and by the time you're hearing this, hopefully we'll have some clarity on the Justin uh, Justin Scott Wesley uh, injury. If you haven't seen the video, it's worrisome. uh, It is worrisome. I mean, it's the same knee he hurt last year. It's the same knee he had uh, some, quote-unquote, cleanup work done on. Um, You know, the good news is is that the rumor around Buds Maravis, he's not on crutches today. But, you know, those are only rumors. Uh, The good news is Isaiah McKenzie is back. He worked with the first-team wide receivers. Uh, I had the opportunity to hear Coach Rick speak last week at the Rotary Club Of uh, I don't don't want to say which one because there's 44 of them in town but at the big Rotary Club the only only one he speaks at Um, and he was uh, he actually talked about uh, Isaiah McKenzie's injury um, because he got a direct question and he said hey it's just a hamstring thing he said you know it's one of those things where you just need time to recover he said Ari looks great running straight forward but he just doesn't have the confidence to do cuts which if you're Isaiah McKenzie you really need to be able to do kind of important kind of important uh, the only other big injuries that uh, that I can think of right now is uh, uh, there's a little bit back and forth about Devin Bellamy, who's a backup uh, linebacker who has a broken hand had had a hand surgery thing. but He was out there practicing with the ones with the club on, so apparently he's going to be good to go.
1: In the quarterback situation, resolved, right? We're oh, we no all— questions, we, it's all here's, done?
2: Here's the big news about the quarterback situation. Jacob Beeson signed his uh, financial aid agreement on Friday. <laughs> no. uh, well, allegedly. Exactly. He'll be here January. Uh, you know, the quarterback situation— I think anybody that thinks they know what's going to happen, uh, unless your name is Mark Richt, is really just making it up. I mean, they're all rotating with the ones, twos, and threes. Uh, Coach Rick has already thrown out the probability that, that at least two of them and maybe all three will play against Louisiana Monroe. It wouldn't shock me to see two of them play against Vanderbilt, to be perfectly
1: honest. Yeah. Uh, unless one should we be worried I'm still like generally speaking what's the old line if you have two quarterbacks you, you have, have none. no quarterbacks is, um, it, is that the idea you know I think the, the interesting
2: part of Brian Schottenheimer's comments is that they I think they feel comfortable enough with at least two of their choices that they're not rushing this um I, maybe that's just really, you know, rose-colored glasses drinking didn't the Tony... Did,
1: didn't Sean Humber toss out a Spurrier thing, too, he said? Cause he, he said oh, yeah. yeah.
2: No, that was actually a great... No, yeah. I forgot I about that. that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, he's like, hey, you know, I did play I did play football. I mean, of course I know about quarterback controversies. Yeah. i played football for yeah. Steve Spurrier. I, I,
1: I, that's fine, but otherwise, Ixnay on the earlier spay as a general rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless we are going to talk about Bill Stanfield, which, of course, <laughs>
2: yeah. still, Steve Spurrier is still the base of his nightmares. Yes. Um, so, you yeah. know, those are kind of the big the the big talking points out of camp right now uh, there was a scrimmage Saturday um, if you follow anybody on media you know that one they didn't know anything and they released no stats. Uh, so there was a, a bit of furor from uh, some some circles about that. I'm sure if they would have played the game with the Rotary Club, had they have been had been like, they, they have played very the game open. with Rotary
1: Club, uh, coach Rick, Rick is Rick always have... more open at those than he is. Yeah. I'm, I'm friends with Seth Emerson. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he and he, I think, <clears> the, <throat> you know, it, it's a natural back and forth between the the fighting between the press. Sure, of, and of the course coach, it is. I'm sure there's some frustration for the professional media that he's always more open with like Rotary Club things than he is necessarily when he's being
2: interviewed. Yeah, and I get that. I mean, their yeah. job is to. I mean, they're under a lot of pressure. Uh, and the larger the media outlet, the more pressure. Um, I am. I'm telling you something mm-hmm. that you know all too well. Uh, the the more pressure there is to. I covered to, New
1: York sports teams for <laughs> for eight years. Is that a real thing? Oh, so you
2: know all about Brian? <laughs> yeah. <John> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. They love him. They love so,
2: him. Uh, but, but, uh, but that's what's going on with, with George football. Right. We're now inside of what? Uh, Two and a half weeks. 20 days. Yeah, it's really it's coming out. So, I'm not great at math, yeah. but About 16. it's 18, yeah. 17, 18 no. days. Yeah, it's to on bars King days. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't remember his number
0: now. He's got it. 12.
2: Okay, we're not that close. Daven
0: Bellamy, seventeen.
2: Daven Bellamy is seventeen. We call calling Daven Bellamy days. Okay. By the time you're hearing this, just remember it's whatever days we said it yeah, was. Right. It's we are trust hearing this us. a day
0: later than we're hearing it. So yeah. actually, trust us. Yeah. Trust us. If, this, if this podcast is released the day I think it will, which will be uh, Thursday, that would be Isaiah McKenzie Thursday week. Oh, no, I'm Thursday sorry. Days.
1: Yeah. Oh, it will be. Hey, I, right. like so, I like that. I like that. All right. So I figure we should now. Uh, if We're going to do some SEC stuff. Yeah, we should. That was key. And because so I think this is the official SEC preview podcast. Uh, I'd like to know something. Now, I'm being a nerd. I uh, pay a lot of attention to Football Outsiders and Bill Connolly and kind of what they're all, what the, the, the kind of an, an increased analytic world of, of college football. I'd like to know this. Football, football Outsiders, you should all go get it, by the way. It's yeah, a PDF of yeah. footballoutsiders.com. I think six bucks. Yeah, it's awesome. It is fantastic. It's actually mostly professional football, but they've got a whole big, thick section at the end that ranks the top 50. College football team. You can actually get the college-only version the college for $6. Yes, that, exactly. That's what I was yes. saying. And, the, and the, I recommend getting the NFL one as well. It's a terrific. They've been doing great stuff for a very long time, but it's much like baseball and the money ball thing. Yeah. They're everywhere. So, I'd like to note they put out their top 50 teams in the country. Here are the SEC teams on that list and where they are, the top 50. Number two is Alabama. Number four is our Georgia Bulldogs. Number seven is Mississippi. Number 8 is LSU. Number 11 is Auburn. Number 20 is Missouri. Number 21, Arkansas. 25, Texas A&M. 26, Tennessee. 27, South Carolina. 29, Mississippi State. And 34, Florida. Now, just for the sake of discussion, Big Ten Boy's got to bring this up. On the cover of ESPN Magazine this week, in the Big College Football Preview Edition, is Jim Harbaugh. Michigan head coach. Michigan is thirty-five. There are two, four, six, eight, 10, 12 SEC teams ahead of Michigan at thirty-five. And football stars has no interest in. Well, I, I feel like I'm already an honorary Southerner that I'm bragging about the SEC at the beginning of the podcast. But this is to look at that and see. You know, I mean, I'm really excited about like, for like Georgia Tech is seventeen. Georgia Tech is seventeen. Nebraska is thirty. Texas is forty-three. To me, to look at that, there's this notion that the SEC was somehow down last year. I find that pretty baffling in general, and I find it particularly baffling this year. When you look at this, whether they get a national champion or not, there's just so obviously the dominant conference.
2: And I'll talk a little bit about the tendency to overemphasize bowl. Uh, Last year's bowl games, when we talk in a minute about uh, LSU, uh, because there's a particular point of, of discussion about their new defensive coordinator in bowl games. Um, but I think there is an awful lot of credence that has been put in Ohio State, who clearly was the the best football team in the nation at the yeah. end of the season, beating the second best team in the Sugar Bowl, right, which was Alabama. So, you know, Alabama lost, and then, you know, Mississippi State lost, and then uh, LSU lost, and then, you know, uh, no, Mississippi State won, I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss lost. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the West didn't do, didn't do great. And I was like, well, the East didn't play anybody except for – Georgia, yeah, yeah. Georgia played a fairly good yeah. uh, ACC team in and, and, uh, and and Louisville and destroyed them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, eventually all the teams in the East won their ball game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that's where a lot of
1: that's coming from. It's, it's like very a, strange how much time people spend being like, these ball games are pointless, they don't really yeah. matter, but then they just unless drive they fit, every and, narrative. Unless they like fit six, my narrative. Yeah, exactly. Right. They, drive, they drive everything for six months. So I think it's worth keeping that in mind, that when you look at this as, 12 of the top 34 teams are in the SEC. I'm, I'm no mathematician, but that's over a third. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, uh, now, I think we start... Let's start with the SEC West. Sounds and great. I I find it fascinating. We'll start with a... Uh, with, with, you have to start with Alabama. And Bill Connolly. We all read Bill Connolly. The uh-huh. great, Bill Connolly. Uh-huh. Uh, other than the fact that he's a Mizzou guy. Uh, Bill and Conno- I don't follow him for that. Yeah, for, uh, who would? Yeah, right? Um But... He, has, he brought up, I think, an excellent point, which is the idea that <laughs> like, <laughs> there is this sense that Alabama has somehow two things I think have conspired to this notion that Alabama has somehow been down. One is they've lost three games, they've lost three games in three years, essentially, and they've been like every game has felt like a, a shifting of the Teutonic plates. Of, the, uh, of college football, which is where Alabama is at. When they lose, it feels like everything is changing and everything is falling apart. Even though each one of these losses, one weird thing happened here. One, there, there really wasn't a game where they ever just got wiped out. Right. And that and the fact and that they don't have a quarterback. And the fact they don't have a quarterback are the two things that are bringing everyone to be lower on Alabama and their schedule. They've got a general tough schedule. But that said, you know, I find it difficult to argue that this is not still... There's a reason when you have one one recruiting class for, like, uh, five years that you turn out to being deep everywhere.
2: And there's also an, uh, an, an undercurrent, but no one, everyone's too polite to say this. Lane Kiffin's our offensive coordinator. At some <laughs> point, he's going to Lane Kiffin. I mean, it's going to happen. If he's not in charge, if he's not actually in charge. If he's not actually in charge. Did you see charge. what he did to the Raiders when he wasn't actually in charge? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I, I think... You know, Nick Saban's best coaching job hasn't been with the players. It wasn't with the players last year. His best coaching job was keeping Lane Kiffin focused on what Nick Saban wanted done with his
1: offense. So do you think Kiffin is going to just lose
2: focus? I think so. I think there comes a point. I really do. I really think there comes a point where Kiffin's like, Kiffin's like, you know,
1: apparently, yeah, there's Saban the big thing. is often not paying attention. So yeah, <laughs> he probably sees something. But no, by.
2: but there's you know, they, there's a little bit of been made of Alabama, and now are going to use the the placards to get plays in. Uh, you know, at some point. Kiffin's gonna Kiffin's gonna radio in a play, and you're gonna see whoever the backup quarterback is—Jimmy Ray, Bobby Townley, or whatever his name is—is is gonna turn and look up at the booth at him, and then it's gonna like—and you're gonna hear him in the background. You're you're gonna see him mouth call the blank blank play, and it's like so he's like doing this. And he's gonna step away from Nick Saban, and then you know, it's gonna be a triple reverse with a lineman running the ball or something.
1: Um, and but he and he will he will behead him on the sidelines.
2: Oh, I think it will be must see
1: TV. I hope it happens in the Georgia game. So I get to yeah. be there. So you think that like after he'll behave for a little while, and well,
2: um, like, I just think at some point he's going to. I, I think they're they're going to some point do something. Kiffin's going to do something to hurt the team. Now it's Alabama, so uh, the odds of Alabama actually having a. Um, have that happen in a game that matters, really matters, is really low because there's only a few games that really matter. I mean, every game matters to Nick Saban. There's only a few games that really matter where it impacts the outcome of the game. Um, And I agree with you about Alabama. It's nearly impossible not to look at them. Um, I actually liked Bill Conley made the the, uh, connection to Bayern Munich. I yeah, love yeah, that. Right. Um, just, uh, other than the, practice. I mean, he actually traveled. He went to, to he Germany, went to Munich, right? right. Um <laughs> so, But he, you know, it's, it's, it's um, SB
1: Nation's Vox is throwing around the cash over there. Yeah, yeah, at, at SB Nation. So, um,
2: <laughs> but the 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 fact of the matter is, actually there's no way you can argue with that. You just can't without him.
0: So, what about the injury to Jacob Coker? I mean, he had a leg, you know, it's maybe a week or two out. But then the other four backup quarterbacks that they have: David Cornwell, Blake Barnett. Um, none of them have any career passing attempts. And Jacob Coker doesn't have that many. So what if they run into Jerry World, you know, on September 5th, and Coker's not 100% and they've got to throw one of these other guys at the Wolves? Does that maybe set Wisconsin up for a potential upset because they're no, you know, pushover?
2: We should check the internet and see if Derek Henry still plays for Alabama. That's- so, if Derek Henry still plays for Alabama, I will say the odds of that happening are very low. Yeah. Um, Alabama, way more than Georgia actually has. Um, the hardest thing the quarterback's going to do is make sure that Derrick Henry gets the balls cleanly. Um, and, and uh, you know, the, the quarterback's going to need to be able to do some things because teams will start stacking the box against Alabama. But if there's an argument to be made that if there's a, a team that is better suited defensively, to to keep your offense out of trouble um the the alabamas that team i mean they're just really they play really strong defense and that's nick, that's nick saban's thing so and they're set up
1: particularly to you know, the, the, their weakness the last few years has been big
0: passing games. Yeah. And that's something that really isn't in the SEC this year.
2: Yeah. Or Wisconsin's game
1: yeah, plan.
0: Right. A way that could bail them out is they're tied in as a, as a complete stud. Even if that's all they have to do is just hand it off to Derrick Henry, maybe Kenyon Drake if he's back 100%, and yeah. then just dump it off to O.J. Howard. I mean, there you go right there.
2: Yeah, and I, I think you're going to have at least one receiver out of their group step up and, I mean – like they're like Georgia, whoever that quarterback is, is not going to. It's not going to attempt four hundred passes this season. It's just not going to happen. Um,
1: if it happens, something has gone. Horrible.
2: Something is going horribly wrong. Yeah. That's exactly right. right.
1: And, and, all right. So, and the last thing I want to hit on Alabama is the schedule. They have quite the schedule this year. That they not only do they get Georgia and Alabama, excuse me, Georgia and Auburn on the road. They actually the other team they get from the east is Tennessee, who arguably, possibly Missouri will get to the east is is one of like they're they're not getting in the discussion. Yeah, they're not getting Vanderbilt. Yeah. So you know, in a lot of ways, they are kind of and so which is interesting this mm-hmm. year because it does feel particularly in the wake of last year, and we'll get into the playoffs later that there's probably not going to be two teams from one conference. Yeah, I don't unless so really all I feel like they can lose the Georgia game. Oh yeah, absolutely. As long as they beat Auburn. Yeah. They can lose to Georgia. Yeah, I think that's right. And still win the SEC yeah, championship. I think so that's right. People make a big deal on the schedule, but all they have to do is just not have slip-ups. And, Aub- and Alabama generally doesn't have slip-ups. That's what Georgia does. But Alabama generally does not have slip-ups like that. It's rare that you see them, like, not show up and so on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that to do hurt. that. But um, Okay, so we'll move on to Arkansas. As a Big Ten guy, can I say I'm a little proud of my man, Bert? I'm a little proud of the guy. That uh, finally Prop- stopped being the laughing stock, at least the total laughing stock. town, Illinois guy. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, the 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 that kind of way that he wanted to play that everyone said was not going to work is starting to come around a little bit. Like this, still is probably not a top tier team in the division, but clearly they're making some headway. I, t- I tell you what, losing Williams
2: hurts them so bad, though. They, I had, I would have had them. Uh, and we'll do, we'll do actual predictions in a minute, but I yeah. would have had them at least three places higher um, had Williams not gotten hurt. Now, they'll still have plenty of uh, very good running backs, but when you lose a guy that's your number one running back and you know he's and out this for is, the regular yeah. season. And you're, this is what you base your whole offense Right. On. No, your offense, I mean, the whole idea behind Brett Ball is so, uh, is you have to have at least two really good power running backs, and they,
0: well, they, don't, they don't now. now. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, and they they had him last year with Alex Collins and Williams. And I think they were the only two that both went over 1,000 yards for the same team. Yeah, So, I mean, he'll be able to adjust. Does he still have that big beefy O line that he had last year?
2: Uh, they've lost a couple of guys off
0: that. o okay. but I mean they're going to be replaced by other big beefy dudes. This is what he does. Yeah, this, this is, is this big is, beefy dudes. This yeah, is what Prep
2: Lima does. It <laughs> <That> sounded different. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they do they do yeah, have a
0: four, yeah. they do have a four game stretch. You know where they're at or they're versus a And M at a neutral field. Is that at Jerry World? Yeah, yes, it's Jerry World. Okay, and then they're at Tennessee. Yeah, and then they have a week off, and then they go back on the road to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. But then, and then they have Auburn at home, and that's that's a tough. That's stretch. a pretty tough stretch. Yeah, it's you know, a if, it if, if if things don't go well, you know. Okay, so say they beat A and M. Yeah. But if things don't go well in Knoxville, and then they have an off week just to think about how bad they See, played, I, and I, then I, how I, they've I, got to yeah. go to Alabama. Yeah, that could be all she wrote. for And, a and
1: also, after that, then they go at Mississippi and at LSU. Yeah, <laughs> that no, I, is, I, I, that is rough. That I, is that's
2: rough. that's one of the reasons I looked at that stretch, um, yeah. and one of the reasons why I, I didn't put them as highly as I yeah. thought yeah. they should have. That but, schedule
1: is I mean, absolutely brutal. And then after that, they yeah. get Mississippi State, Missouri. who yeah. are two really good teams. Well, yeah, we're talking about the West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put
2: this in your mind: Ed, someone in the West is going to finish seventh in the division, yeah. probably only win three games and we'll be paid $4 million next year. I mean, that's going to happen. Every coach is paid $4 million. Every team in the West is on the the Football Outsiders Top 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every team in the West. I mean, the West alone is tougher than... Probably the top. I, it's
1: tougher than it was last year, everyone said, oh, constantly yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the oh, it's definitely thing. tougher. Yeah, and yeah. It's now, certainly more. Pa- there's more yeah. parity, especially from two to seven. I love the idea that this, that the regional Sports Illustrated cover down here is actually Prescott yeah. uh, of Mississippi State, the team that is consistent team to finish last. Yeah, in yeah. their division. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe down here people are just pissed because they, they have a the dog. A bulldog. <laughs> I don't think
0: people The like Bizarro Bulldog. Yeah, the, the Bizarro man. Bulldog.
1: So uh, that leads us to Auburn. Uh, uh, it's I feel like. There's a opera is kind of a trendy pick to come out of the West, and also, I think that is almost exclusive. It's for two reasons. It's obviously uh, I feel like they have a new defensive coordinator. I agent Must Champ. Uh, that's champs. who it is, right? Which and, agent Must Champ? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we've heard well done, comrade, played. at Florida. Well yes. done. <laughs> well played. Um, though Kirby never really did that for us in Alabama the way he was supposed to. Yeah, yeah um, I can't talk about it. Yeah, sorry, uh, but I really feel like the real people reason are people Opera is just because they're home against Alabama. Like I, I like like obviously they're talented, but that last game there's something people people are more into that than I think maybe they should be.
2: Well, they also there a lot of people are looking at what Gus Malzahn has been able to do. seemingly, with any quarterback he gets, um, I, I mean, turned a former safety into you know, uh, uh, you know SEC third team quarterback last year. Um, and, You know that's that's it's really interesting that that Auburn is. Being looked at as highly as they are, uh, because in my mind, Auburn is, um, a kind of a mirror image, talent wise, of Georgia. Uh, their defensive line is a little better than Georgia's, uh, probably a lot better right now. Um, uh, but their offensive line isn't. Um, they've lost some some pretty strong skill players, uh, some some Duke contributors. Stu Williams. Williams, you know, who knows what's going to happen? What's the deal with it? What's Kent, the he's going to be there. Yeah, he got in trouble. There's a thing, and yeah, yeah, who knows, what, who knows what's going to happen there. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that Auburn is a trendy pick. I
0: don't see it. Yeah. One little interesting little factoid is, you know, they open against Petrino, obviously, mm-hmm. and Grantham. So Which is just fun anyway. There, there's yeah. there's going to be a lot of Georgia flavor. Former Georgia there. players. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. got Trey Matthews. in Atlanta. Finally. And Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Trey Matthews.
2: Will finally not lose to
0: Auburn. Exactly, because he and Josh Harvey Clements – the two that no opposite sides of the field. Yeah, can, can you talk about this yet? <sighs> because they a moment. were the two. Give me a moment. If, if we yeah. don't, if we haven't forgotten, if, I've tried to forget it, but it's the two that's right collided. there, right there.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, and you know the funny thing about it, and I think the most interesting player uh, of the of the three Georgia former Georgia players will be there will be, Shaq um, um, Wiggins. Shaq Wiggins, really? So yeah, yeah, because Shaq Wiggins is the one. If you don't, if you don't remember, you should Google. Um, Nebraska 99-yard touchdown. Shaq Wiggins is the one who got utterly beat and was mad that his backside help never materialized, even though it wasn't supposed to. Um, <laughs> you can see him running like 44 yards behind. Uh, it wasn't Amir Abdullah, but it's yeah. someone like him right, who was right, running right. way faster. And you see those hands, I mean, literally throw those hands up in the air. <laughs> and, and that was everything I needed to know about him. And uh, then his, some of his comments when he left were just, were just really, you know, you need to ask them, like the Georgia coaches, why he left. Um, because it was clear he left because Grantham loved him, Jeremy Pruitt didn't. And, fact, and do the math there, right? right, right, right. Uh, so, you know, but it, that, that's going to be a really interesting game. I mean, that is the ultimate, uh, probably the closest thing to a Meteor game um, I can think of in my mind that doesn't involve SEC teams.
0: Well, a tornado has already hit the Georgia once. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's true. yeah. That's true. So
2: maybe Georgia will win the
1: basketball tournament this year it if hit. a tornado hits again. Right. <laughs> All right, staying in the ACC West, let's go. Uh, sorry about that. The ACC West. Uh, I've, I've been drinking since noon. Uh, we go to uh, to LSU. Uh, certainly, when you look at LSU, this is you know this is people have four, four net fever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I can give your LSU review real simple. Yada, yada, yada. Defense, yada, yada, yada. Find a quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Fournette. Yeah.
1: That sounds about That's pretty right.
2: good. Nine and three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is weird because, you know, I it feels like for whatever reason, I put them, this is, I mean, you know, this is LSU for crying out loud. And I find myself putting them a step below this year and, frankly, in general of both Alabama and Auburn. Um, you know, the thing about it
2: is that, so much of what has driven LSU's success over the past five years has been John Um uh, or three years, I guess, since it, or however long it's been he's been there. Uh, with him gone, you have Kevin Steele coming in, and Kevin Steele, of course, is the punchline to to every Clemson, uh, West Virginia joke. With, you know, seventy points, but in reality, you have to be a little concerned about what's going to happen to the defense because. You know, John Chavis is really that good a defensive coordinator. Um, but Kevin Steele is actually a pretty good defensive coordinator. I mean, his def- defenses at Clemson were um, s- usually very strong, with the exception of playing uh, West Virginia bowl games. Um, you know, he did some pretty good work at Alabama. I mean, you know, Nick Saban you know, specifically said, You have a spot on my staff. He made a spot on the staff for it. So you know, Nick Saban doesn't make many coaching mistakes. Tara um, and I should be careful about saying that because in case Miss Barbara listens, and of course, hours,
1: of course. <laughs> bad stuff goes down. Oh, uh, I was on her show once, just as a side note. I was on her show once. I was on her show once when I first uh, when I was doing a, a promotion for God Save the Fan. And it was, I just started dating Alexa. Yeah. And so, like, I think she, did, so she said, I'll keep dating this guy because he was on Barbara Dooley's show. Right. And she was, at the end, I have to tell you, I I was ready to marry her. I was ready Oh, Miss Barbara is
2: uh, easily one of the three most charming people in it's town. It's unbelievable. It's, she is just, it's really- Pure maple sweetness coming out yeah, of her. Yeah, but I do know. not cross her. Oh, yeah. Do not cross her. I was
1: her. nervous, too, because I was like the head of, like, the evil spin. and I'm talking yeah. to this very sweet- Barbara Dilling, I was still a Desmond at the time, but she she could not have been she 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 told me at the end to give them hell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even
1: sure who she was referring to. I think just I was like people, I'm on them. it. <laughs> Those people.
0: So so Tony, I've got one more question about LSU. Okay. Um, it looks to me, I mean, I I kind of scrolled through and looked at their schedule, and something stood out to me that was like so glaring I couldn't even believe it is uh, their trip to Syracuse. What <laughs> is what is that going to be like if say even like ten. Uh, LSU Cajun like true Cajun tailgaters show up to the Carrier Dome <laughs> I'm, I'm saying LSU
2: doesn't travel with fewer than 3,000 no no people. I'm <laughs> saying I'm
0: saying even if it were just 10 which you know it's going to be probably filling up half yeah. the Carrier Dome when,
2: but, uh, when is that game September 26 that's gonna, oh so yeah that, they're going for the snow why did Syracuse
0: <laughs> agree to that game
2: well, it's, it's, it's a home get, and home. Right, right, right. It's a home and home. Yeah, why did LSU agree? Like, actually, Syrac- I think it was a two for <laughs> one. No, Syrac- right?
0: Syracuse returns the trip back uh, in 2019. Yeah, they yeah
2: I, I think the short answer to that question is why, is that their AD is not very good at, at yeah. in negotiations.
0: And I, I went ahead and looked ahead. They're already 24 underdogs. Syracuse? Yeah. yeah I, seems- I would take LSU.
2: I'd take LSU. <laughs> yeah, you may, you may want to ask them I on would that. take
1: LSU if they actually let some of those fans play.
2: Oh, my but, gosh. Um, I don't know. It seems like it's really... It sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, you know, to drive all the way to Syracuse, New York from Baton Rouge. In
1: September, it's not too miserable in Syracuse in September. Listen,
2: LSU fans go to Starkville every 2 years. Syracuse won't bother them.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I one of my yeah. best friends is a professor at Syracuse, yeah. and they, you know, football is they remember like you know, McNabb went yeah. there. Like they have like they've had like McPherson yeah. was a great coach for them for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's the Northeast is just not really a college football area at all we and, should call Carrie Potts
2: and ask yeah go exactly, have a good exactly.
1: like Syracuse is probably the best program they have up there if that tells you really everything about
2: how yeah.
1: I'm I'm I met and Boston College yeah I and, think that's probably right and so yeah so I
0: think that and a lot of those ESPN broadcasters graduated from Syracuse of course it's a great so journalism so it school be, yeah. it's a great
1: journalism <laughs> school Tariqa will be all excited and all uh, you know, those guys wow <laughs> so uh, and, okay we're gonna move on uh, from our from our special Syracuse themed show <laughs> uh, to, to we go to Mississippi uh this you know, I wonder if in like fifteen years I think they're gonna be good this year, but I wonder if fifteen years they're gonna look back at last year mm-hmm. and feel like that was as close as they were gonna get. Yeah. Like it was this really cool thing that they had happened. And I have to say, you know, listen, I'm new down here. I tend to find Mississippi less loathsome than some oh, of the wow. other Absolutely. SEC teams. So like it is kind of a shame to me to see how that kind of
0: ended yeah, up. Georgia used to play Ole Miss every year until we went to this Wacky, yeah, you know, thing. until we added A&M in yeah. Missouri, and that kind of ruined everything. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think that Georgia fans kind of had, like, a little kindred spirit because they respect the Grove, they respect their traditions. Mm-hmm. There's just never been any kind of animosity as you would have towards, obviously, an Auburn or even an Alabama, you know, someone, if you're thinking on the west side. Yeah, um, yeah. you yeah. know, But Ole Miss, <laughs> you think, is almost like, you know, their state school, they're the flagship university, but you're exactly right, yeah. Will.
1: And everything, it was set up for them. It was set up for him. I don't think they blew it as much as things just kind of yeah, turned it, on. It, it well, for
2: him. I mean, they they were really relied too much on their quarterback to do things for them. Uh, and then when Treadwell went down, that uh, Doctor Bo Wallace was exposed. Yeah, and yeah. frankly, you look at Ole Miss; their defense is still going to be very good for at least one more year. The quarterbacks an issue, but the quarterback. Them, I mean, I think I don't think Chad Kelly is going to leave with any more rings than his uncle won yeah, at Buffalo.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I wrote that down. I'm so that's proud of good. that. When I yeah. thought of it. But that's so, you know, I mean, you still look at them, you know, they are, other than quarterback, and again, it's hard to, it doesn't really seem fair to go after Mississippi for every quarterback issue because this is really the issue all around all the SEC of these hugely talented teams without a major, without a quarterback situation going on. But, but they it, have
2: more, they have less of a serious quarterback issue. They have a serious quarterback issue. They don't have a strong running back option, at least visible, like jumps out at you. Um, and, that was seriously exposed last year when La Contra got hurt. Yeah. And you saw it. You just saw it. You saw it. It's a whole different team.
1: All right, then we go to uh, Mississippi State, the team with the best quarterback in the SEC. I, I'm curious. You guys have the history of this that I don't, I don't have. It's difficult to imagine there has ever been a time in the history of the, of the SEC or, frankly, any other conference where the team that is hands down considered to have the best quarterback in the league is picked universally to finish last in the division. Is that I mean? Is that has that happened before? Like you wouldn't um, see that in the NFL. In the NFL, if you I don't know,
2: I mean, you know, maybe I, I, I mean, I hate to, I really do hate to say this, but almost, um, you know, I guess no, I guess there were some of those good Florida quarterbacks were there, and Jared Lorenzo was at Kentucky. Yeah, uh, and we, we can make you know we can say what we want about Jared Lorenzo. And the guy he was, was good. A really good he was quarterback. Good. Right. He hasn't. He has a Super Bowl ring. He's still uh, playing. He is still playing for the River Monsters. <laughs> um, so <laughs> aren't uh, we all? Have you yeah. seen a
0: picture of him lately?
2: Yes, I have. I have. Uh, he should call somebody.
1: He's kind of <laughs> awesome about that. Like he was interviewed about. It. He had a really great attitude about it. Like, yeah, like, he seems like yeah. We, pretty awesome. I mean, we talked about it. Earlier. We were yeah. trading tweets earlier. The guy's yeah, really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's got uh, yeah, Tony's got a little bit of a tweet crush.
1: On I do. I, 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 I'm
0: not I think, ashamed to say that. I think more quarterbacks <laughs> should wear numbers in the 20s. Also.
2: Well, yeah, I, and I like <laughs> quarterbacks that look like me. So um, that's always that's always a win. But but, to be, but da- you know the, the fact of the matter is, is Dak Prescott. Is getting a Heisman buzz at the same time his team is being considered yeah. easily an easy seventh pick in the yeah. division, which is I mean, crazy, right? Right, it's crazy. So, but it's also know. probably right. <laughs> How can it not be right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's eleven questions on defense. Yeah. There's uh, nine and a half questions on offense. So,
1: yeah. If Miss, I feel bad saying this because you know we're our teams in the East. If Mississippi State is in the East. I don't think they're the favorite, but certainly are they are they in the are they, do you put them in the top three of the East? No, I don't think so. They you just don't. Think don't
2: so. I just don't think they have the. I don't think they have the the defense or other. I mean, will they make noise? Yeah, or could they upset a uh, Georgia, Missouri, or Tennessee? Probably, um, but they're not going to. They would. I still don't think they win these. They just don't have the defense. They don't have the defen- defensive talent, and they don't have the skill positions around Prescott.
1: Is this the peak of Mississippi State? Yes. Is we well, will? they look back to last year? What? I mean, they were number one. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, no, I mean like, I is mean, this they, the peak? Like, uh, is everything downhill from now? Yeah. Like, oh, in like yeah. ten years, will it seem hilarious? In the same same way that it seemed hilarious that seems hilarious now that Vanderbilt and James Franklin was so good. Does it will it seem hilarious in 10 years that Mississippi
0: State had it
2: mind? sure feels that way what do you think Scott
0: I I totally agree I mean I think Dan Mullen you know rode that bell curve and he was at the top last year and I think it's going to just come back down a little bit and he he might be sitting there wondering in a year or two from now why didn't I jump ship when I could have
2: yeah I don't know that he's he's gonna be Glenn Mason uh but <laughs> I also feel like if he was going to make a change last the end of last year would have been the time to do it mm. Uh, although you know it's hard to do when you talk a guy into coming there, who intentionally came back
1: and and turned down the opportunity to go to the NFL, and it's you were number one, like you were not. Yeah, right. Like come on, man. Like right. uh, even if it does, even even if it turns on him this year, he got Mississippi State, Mississippi State to number one in the country.
2: Yeah, and I think there was a. I have to go back and look at their schedule, but if I remember right, there was a little bit of fool's gold in that, in that they um, they luck up and they. I'm they bringing it for you. Anyway. thank you. I appreciate it. Because I can only talk for so long. Yes. You Yeah, know, looking at their results. Oh yeah, yeah, they won you know, the, the
1: win at LSU was the
2: one that. Really yeah, they they going. beat LSU. They went on. They beat Texas A and M. They they beat Auburn actually fairly handily, uh, and then they, they pulled out that win at Arkansas, and that's when it looked like oh wow. They really are a pretty good team. Well, at the time we didn't know LSU was going to be around run the mill team. We didn't know Auburn was going to be a run the mill team. And they right. certainly
1: were a at that particular time. Yes, yes, they absolutely were. They got better. Uh,
2: yeah, they, they did. They so, so, but the yeah, table. they got to the end of the season. Uh, they got exposed by Alabama, and then they got just housed by an Ole Miss team that was not the Ole Miss team yeah. at the beginning of the season. Uh,
1: and they lost to the Georgia Tech in the ball game, which is they, really all we need to say. Really, it's just you, don't even get me started. Come on, uh, Dan Mullen. And then we <laughs> wrap up uh, with uh, Texas A and M. They should be better because their defense should be better because it
2: can't be worse. Um, Although there are people out there who say that it can't be worse, the worst argument is because it actually can be. Um, But again, their defense should be better. Their offense should be, uh, is it going to be Kenny Thrill Hill, great, um, against that? That's
1: a self-imposed nickname, by
2: the way. Yeah, you can't give yourself a nickname.
1: Uh, Um, Solid Purple has had a lot of fun. They call him QB Aggies Aggies because he tried to come up with his own nickname, which I think is very clever.
2: Yeah. Um, so the, the storyline to watch there is their defense. See yeah. how much better it gets. If it gets a ton better and they don't shoot themselves in the foot three times a game offensively, they can make noise in the West.
1: All right. So now it's probably time for us to make our predictions out of there. I'd like to know before we make our predictions that, once again, football outsiders mm-hmm. looking at, they, they give you percentage odds for mm-hmm. every potential record between 12 and 0. And 0 and 12. It's worth noting that not a single team in this division is given even a zero percent chance of going three and nine. And only Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M are given a three percent chance of going four and eight. Meanwhile, I think three quarters of the Big Ten is going four and eight. Really? um, (laughs) But uh, so it's worth noting that that they have they give Alabama a 13 percent chance to go 12 and 0. Okay. And a 32 percent chance to go at 11 and one. Okay, a 31 percent chance of going 10 and two. So they're very up on them. The, the team they are second most up on is actually not Auburn. It is Mississippi. They actually give Mississippi a 10 really? percent chance of going 11 and one, and a 26 percent chance of going 10 and two, 32 percent of going nine and three. So I we we start out. Give me your seven seven to one. Starting with you, Tony. Okay,
2: Alabama. Alabama 1. Alabama 1. LSU 2. Ole Miss 3. Auburn 4. AM 5. Arkie 6. Even though I really wanted to put them higher, I just couldn't do it with Williams out. And Mississippi State 7.
1: All right. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Alabama 1. Mississippi 2. Auburn 3. LSU 4. Arkansas 5. Texas A&M
0: six and Mississippi State
1: seven,
0: and I have Auburn one, Alabama two, LSU three, Arkansas four, Ole Miss five, Texas A&M six and Mississippi State seven.
2: So are we keeping up with this? We're we gonna sure mock not? each other. Or I'm sure
1: all the fan sites devoted to this podcast will take care of this for us. <laughs> But just in case. I think I should write them down. Just in case we'll write them down. Yeah. Just in case we'll write them yeah, down. Yeah, I
2: think that's the right thing to do.
1: So, how about the East, Will? Let's go to the East. Uh, I'm still, listen, I feel like my life has been incomplete. I, that them never making up that Idaho game last year is that, a scratch. Bugged you? That's, it's, it's an itch I still need scratched. I've been, uh, well, if they only were. they still had co- the, the, the the college football video game, I would be able to simulate it over and over and over to be able to have that moment. What do you
0: think would have happened? If they plugged that in as bad of a year as they were having. Just made him play it and in just, like right. mid December. <laughs> uh,
2: I think I, I, know I, 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 I think Oklahoma. I mean Oklahoma. I think Florida still wins something ridiculously bad, like twenty four to. Who knows? They could have run. They, they could have run for four hundred sixty eight yards. Did I mean, they, they can't, gave Florida State a good game. Shows that they're capable
1: of that. So they gave Florida State a very good game at the end of that. So. But looking at Florida now, obviously things are a little different over there. McElwain is weird because he's he's from far away. Like he's, it, it feels he doesn't feel like you know, I, you know. I mean, it does it. Again, one thing I've learned a lot since moving here is every coach has got a massive history with someone that they're going to play on a regular. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, uh, so this, you know, this feels like, yeah, I mean, of course Muschamp was going to go to another team in the SEC. Like, that's just the way it works. And so, but it feels, you know, Florida, it feels like this is going to be a building process for a while, as opposed to something that's going to turn around immediately. That said, the building process for a while, trust, is exactly kind of what made them stick with Muschamp for as long as they did.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. Florida's schedule is just brutal. They, uh... They start in September 19th. They go on the road to Kentucky, which is sh- they should win, yeah, but who knows. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, then they play Tennessee, Ole Miss. They're at Missouri, at LSU, at South Carolina at, later in the season. Um, there's just a lot of landmines in that schedule for them. Oh, the second thing I have, I really have to ask is, is Jim McElwain's hair store-bought or did he grow that?
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, that's there's no reason it can't be both. <laughs> there's no reason it can't be both. <laughs> so what you're saying is, he grew it. And then ah.
2: sold it, and then bought it back. That's <laughs> as a charity thing, or, as or a
1: natural supplement. You know, oh, it's
2: man. a it's you give it a little push.
0: Oh my god! You know?
2: Well, no, I'm actually jealous of his hair. Uh, you know, considering yeah. my haircut, but it's still it's he has he has. I'm not a, even
0: quite sure what kind of hat you're wearing. Yes, your it's
1: it's, it's it had to cover my bald spot because it was raining. <laughs> this is the last time we're going to talk about this on this podcast. What's that? that game last year has to be. Exercise. Reckoned with in some way, shape, or form. It is still, and to me, this was my first. Wait, it's just inexplicable. Like in every possible way, it's not like afterwards, Florida took off and Georgia collapsed. It made no sense. Like it is the type of game that, like, it may. On one hand, we should be reminded: these are kids. These are all very young people. This is. They, you know, I mean, we all lose our mind about this game, but to them, Florida is a team that's clearly down, looking to fire his coach, and then maybe they're down, and Florida shows up and and rams through. But you don't see this in any other context. It is a, I'm so baffled by that loss last year that I, not only the loss but the totality of the
2: loss. Yeah, and it all it starts and it ends with uh, the way our coaches prepared the team, uh, frankly.
1: But what uh, did they? Did I they just I, I, tell
2: have, them? I think. I think they really looked at it and realized that um, Florida was the worst Florida offensive team. I think yeah. the def- and Jeremy Pruitt nearly said as much. So I just didn't have our team ready. You know, and that's the thing. I like about Jeremy Pruitt. He he takes credit where it's due yeah. uh, it, when things go poorly for his units, and they, it went as <laughs>
0: bad as conceivably possible. It's amazing Florida. that it happened.
1: Yeah, like I. It, it's. Yeah, it's baffling.
0: So, but the Jeff Driscoll era is is done. I mean, he's at La Tech now, and so Will Greer steps in. I guess. Yeah. What do you think of Greer?
2: Um. Well, he's he's a lot better suited to Jim McElwain's system or, or what he wants to run. Um. So, uh, but he wasn't really recruited for that. So, the the hard part about it is that you know they have so many holes on the offensive side. Of the ball that is really hard to get a sense of what they're going to be able to do offensively, unless some you know, Jim McLean really is a miracle worker. Um, the situation he stepped into is so wholly different than the situation that that Urban Meyer stepped into um, ten years ago. It's just is there it was night and day offensively. It just is. So um, you know. Florida, if Florida's schedule was a little easier for them. It, I might have a little more confidence in them doing, you know, making some noise in the East because the East, you know, f- especially after the top two or three teams is really, they really there's a lot of parity there. Um, before you get to Vanderbilt, so right. um, so you know, I, I think there are some things they could have done, but I, I just don't see it yet.
1: Well, my my shame is that I have still yet to go. To Jacksonville, Jackson, I've been. And this year is you got my tickets. Well, it's game four of the World <laughs> Series this year, so oh, I will not be there this year. Oh, either. I see. Your well, your
0: day
2: job's going to get in the yeah, way. Yeah, sorry. It's game four of oh. the World
0: Series. I won't be there. You know, this year they play on Halloween. I know. Yeah, I love and it. I love it. Here's something that here's something I'd like to propose to the UGA athletic department and Florida's athletic department. So if Jeremy Foley is listening,
2: and we know, you know Gregory Garrett is, is. Yeah.
0: listening, you know. Um, Last year was the first time that Georgia and Florida both wore their home jerseys. One wore red, one mm-hmm. wore blue. Since it's on Halloween this year, black jerseys, orange jerseys. What do you think? No. <laughs> oh <my
1: God. laughs> All right, let's move over to Kentucky. Uh, I got my alphabet right there. Yes, Kentucky <laughs> is next uh, in, the al- in the alphabet. I, You know, I feel like... He is doing as good a job as you can possibly do with – I say that knowing that they've had some good teams in the past. But the way that the SEC is now and as hyper-competitive it is, I feel like he's doing as – is is all you could possibly hope for to be pulling off.
2: Yeah, and, and he's doing it the old-fashioned way. It's, it's through recruiting. He's really raised their recruiting profile. Uh, and he talked about, a little bit about facilities – I talked to a Kentucky fan the other day. They're almost done with those renovations at Commonwealth on the whatever side that is. I think the yeah. west side um, or south side of Commonwealth. Um, so, you know, they're building excitement there. But the the talent drop off from um, Georgia, Tennessee, and even Missouri and Florida is really precipitous to Kentucky and Vanderbilt. I
1: mean, yeah. it just really And it's is. a rough year. Kentucky's weakness this year is probably going to be stopping the run. And it's yeah. a bad yeah. year. It's a bad year to have that. It's a bad year is. to have that be a problem. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, and again, you know, last year they were a game away from a bowl. Yeah. One more win would have yeah. gotten a bowl. They lost, uh, uh, they didn't quite make it, but uh, they lost, what, their last two, six. They lost the last six last year. So,
2: But it feels a lot. Six and six is this team stealing, looking yeah. at their schedule. It just feels that way.
1: Uh, that's enough for them, Kentucky. Hey, we go to Missouri. I, I feel like as the, a as the native Midwesterner here, it's my job to... Uh, and I, just let me give you my overarching notion of Missouri and what I thought was going to happen to them when they got to the SEC and what actually happened to them when they got to the SEC. I assume... Because Missouri, they you know, I have many friends. I work in journalism. Missouri is a great journalism school. I'm a Cardinals fan. I know tons of Missouri fans. And the Missouri, in fact, played here... Um, two years ago during a Cardinals playoff game that mm-hmm. uh, was that yeah. night so I saw yeah. tons of uh, I, there's a lot of thumbs upping to people when then you know pretending to growl at them uh, but I thought they take a lot of pride in their football and they've always seen themselves as the star crossed team that should have won like the fifth down or the random kick the random kick ball yeah. you know they've seen themselves as a team that is at, in the upper echelon but just never quite They see themselves, frankly, not that different than Georgia in a lot of ways. And I thought that was going to get ripped out of them when they got to the SEC. And they would realize what level of a program that they're at. And you guys have disappointed me. (laughs) Because because as I said, said, I'm an Illinois guy. I love making fun of Missouri. And uh, they have hung in stronger than anyone could have expected. Going back to Bill Connolly, he had this great line. He's a Missouri guy. Saying that, like, it's this weird dichotomy. Everyone talks about Missouri this year. They're like, wow! Nobody ever gives Missouri enough credit. We always underestimate them. We got to stop doing that. I'm picking them third or fourth in the <laughs> SEC East because, they, and this is this is a team that that keeps doing it. Last year of all years was not a year that should have happened. Then part that's because of Georgia, of course. But but they went and, they went seven and one in the conference.
2: Yeah. yeah, and the schedule worked out. Yeah, they didn't play all really nicely for matter. them. Uh, but you know, after you're in the SEC,
1: the, the SEC schedule can't work out that nicely for you.
2: Well, but you look at their schedule, uh, you know, they won by one point at South Carolina. They pulled the quadfecta of return touchdowns against Florida. That game yeah. was over nine minutes into the game. Um, you know, they they went on the road to Texas A&M uh, and then, you know, pulled out a squeaker against Tennessee and a squeaker against Arkansas. Um, you know, that team was, I think Conley made the point, that team was um, statistically was like so close to the edge yeah. of being – you know, 7-4. and four. Right. Uh, But they... That's... You also have to give Gary Pinkle credit. After that loss to Indiana, everybody... Everybody thought, wow, they're going to finish 6th in the yeah, division. Yeah. I mean...
1: And that loss to Indiana was fluky in and of itself. It was Like, crazy. that was kind of a weird game. But yes, you still... Regardless of how you lose to Indiana, it's bad if you lose to Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but for what it's worth, the schedule is not... It works out for them kind of again this year. They get
2: Tennessee <laughs> at home. Uh, they... Uh, they have to go on the road to Georgia, but they who who the Ge- Western at teams, Georgia at Georgia and
1: Arkansas. Their feel.
2: Western teams are Arkansas and yeah, uh, Mississippi State. State. At so home.
1: yeah, like those so, are winnable games.
2: Yeah, those are winnable games. So you know that's on on, on schedule alone. You have to think Missus uh, Missouri is going to be to
1: make some noise in if Vegas. they're able to beat Georgia yeah. like they did the last time they were in Georgia. Yeah, I think they're going to win these. Like I do. Like I, I, think, yeah, I think I think, I think that's
2: all together possible. Yeah, I think it's so, all possible. But I don't think they're going to be Georgia here. I I didn't think they were going to two years ago either. So oh, but
1: they were clearly a better team two years ago. Well, I think they were. Yeah. So, but nevertheless, you know, here they are again. You guys have not put them in the place their place that I, I kind of expected. You guys would.
0: So, well, Georgia did. They shut them out in Columbia last year, but yeah. then you yeah. know, then Georgia goes and right. does what they did exactly. Does
2: what does they did. that actually sums up pretty well. <laughs> exactly what they did.
1: Okay, so um, one of the things I printed out to prepare for this um, was um, Travis Haney' did okay. a ranking of okay. the SEC coaches based on coaching stability. Yeah, the stability situation. Yeah. Fourteen, obviously, was Derek Mason. Well, I like, think that's yeah. right. That's, I mean, that's clearly... Yeah. You mean the Titans one.
0: receiver? Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: I, he may be next. I don't know what he's up to these days. But, you know, I mean, the number one question that's gone on with South Carolina, you saw it at the end of last year, it's amazing how quickly... Remember, I mean, we've forgotten that was last year was supposed to be Spurrier's year. That was supposed to be the year going in. Yeah. I'm always so excited about them coming in. Like, this is finally the team he has. He's going to break through, and maybe that's when he retires. And then halfway through the year, like, wait, is he going to retire because he can't take this crap anymore? And you've seen him be weirdly defiant uh, like after the, his entire his, life yeah I yes. but I mean uh, even this year like he went and did the, you know the, the ESPN car wash like like they all yeah, do yeah. he did that and he came back and he had this press conference like in the stairwell yeah and he like lost his mind about like the truly brutal questioning of the SEC network like he like like nobody believes in us everyone's taking us out and it, it was almost like this sign to people that like no I'm still fiery I've still got the fire in the belly on this but I'm not sure he does and I, I you know, maybe he's got one more surprise left, but this looks like a team, uh, like, this looks like the end of the line for him and maybe even for them.
2: He's got questions at quarterback, and that never turns out well yeah. for him in South Carolina. It just doesn't. Anytime he's gone into a season where there's questions at quarterback, yeah. there's been a lot of visor throwing, and there's been a lot of, yeah. like, you know, wincing at questions at press conferences and pulling guys in the middle yeah. of the third quarter and just really crazy stuff. Just freaking out.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's right.
2: Do inspire your stuff. Yeah.
1: And I have to say, man, like, I, it's funny, you look at their schedule, they've got their first game, they're, they're, they're the first game of the year. Yeah. They play yeah. at 6 o'clock on Thursday night, uh, home against North Carolina, uh, a, a, a future Illinois opponent, so I can't give away my scouting report yeah. on the Tar Heels yet. But, you know, I, it feels like that game is even a little worrisome for me. Like, even as bad as North Carolina's defense is, it feels like... Maybe maybe this is lingering remembering of the Texas A and M game from that Thursday night before, but you can see this going wrong for them early. Yeah, I don't think it for whether whether it's that game or whether it's Georgia,
2: I don't think there's more two more surly coaches than Larry Fedora yeah, yeah, yeah. and and Steve Spurrier right now. So um,
1: someone's going to be very upset. Someone is not going game. to be happy. But yeah, it, it is it is strange that like again, you know, we get all fired up about this, but. Like, you know, yeah. They got Georgia last year. And yeah. then, like this yeah. is you know, and, and we look at these teams, we're like, well, the, Georgia is obviously leaps and bounds ahead of these teams and they're teams that beat Georgia last year. Yeah. So and, uh, I there I have no counter to that. I'm, I really don't. I'm,
0: I'm just glad that Georgia's not gonna be their second game of the year. Usually they play right. the Thursday night and then Steve Spurrier's got nine days yeah. to prepare yeah. for Georgia yeah. and yeah. they gotta go to Kentucky. Yeah, the next week. They're home against Kentucky. They're home against, their home against, Kentucky, home against Kentucky, Kentucky the next week and then yeah. you know, Georgia. Then the, they come
1: up here. Yeah. yeah. So, 6 o'clock that'll be fun That's oh perfect. I can't wait that'll perfect be perfect game fun too. oh it's gonna be that'll, so much fun you guys fun, can tell the, the next week is a tailgate podcast I yeah. don't think I'm going to be here for so you guys can can get all that out uh, then now, I have to say it is a relief for me though because like my first two years here, you get, it's been Clemson in like the first game it's been this hyper yeah. very important game to start the year I'm kind of enjoying the Louisiana Monroe no, appetizer we are, so, are we? because I'm
2: ready to tailgate
1: you're ready to, yeah, we'll get oh, to yes. that next week yeah that will be next week that will be next week all right, two more left. We go to Tennessee. Josh Dobbs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's it.
1: For what it's worth, that Absolutely game worth last <laughs> year that Georgia beat Tennessee, Yeah, that was tight, man. And that was tight in a way that I don't think... To me, you watch that game and said, all right... I think maybe people are maybe a little bit too excited about Tennessee this year, but it's worth noting that even during that game, they gave Georgia everything they wanted. And it was clear that Georgia was the more talented team, but they, there was clearly a culture change from what had happened there. They fought to the very end. I think people may be a little bit too excited about this year and the fact that they get Georgia home after Georgia just played Alabama. But you see that they're going in the right place
2: well, I think the thing you want to think about with Tennessee is there's still so many young players on that team. They're going to be in the two deep. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that Bush Jones stays at Tennessee, that the Volunteers are going to become a legitimate contender on the, in the East race next year and the year after. Yeah,
1: their down period is about over.
2: Yeah, their down period is about over, unless something really fluky happens, um, because they are just recruiting at a really high level. Uh, but they've only been doing it two years. Um uh, the other part about that is I think a lot of that hype is coming based on Tennessee beating Iowa in the Gator Bowl. And I just can't, <laughs> the get, tax I, the I tax can't get my head around team player. Yeah. That, people that look at, again, bowls don't mean anything unless they fit your narrative. Right. Um, now, will Tennessee be a good football team? Yeah, I think they'll be better. Are they five games better than they were last year? Whew, that's a real hard
1: thing to see. They are the trendy pick, though. Like, oh, it is gosh, really, yes. It is funny. It's a good thing to kind of remember when I read over this stuff, like, realize how much of preseason predictions are just done by pe- by people just going through the schedule, being like, oh, Georgia's at Tennessee, and they play them right. Game right, after right. but
2: well, you know, the thing is, is that the 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 flip side of that is Tennessee gets Arkansas, which will be a bruising team, yeah. Yeah. although not right nearly as dangerous as they they would have been with Williams. But they will they will have a bruising. Yeah. I mean, that is a very actually a very. Interesting game for Tennessee and Arkansas because it really matches up to like the hot like the, the, oh these is what the cool kids, this is what the hipsters in Brooklyn are picking yeah. <laughs> um, they are
1: not watching college football in Brooklyn though. well <laughs> then then
2: college football can't be real <laughs> uh, exactly. But, exactly no but I mean that you know they're kind of like, the hipsterish pick of um they're the hipsterish picks yeah the East get and it. West right now yeah. um, so that game is the week before. Uh, the Georgia yeah. Tennessee game. They're both going to be
1: beat up. They're both going to be beat up.
2: I think. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, I just, it's it's hard for me to get my head around uh, Josh Dobbs being anything other than pretty good serviceable quarterback yeah, because yeah. he's still going to be behind an offensive line that is um, a little bit of a patchwork spit and duct tape.
1: I'm fascinated by the September 12th game, Oklahoma at Tennessee. I think yeah. we will get a pretty good idea on both teams. On both teams, yes, yeah. without question. Yeah. That's like the perfect kind of early season game yeah. where it's not. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's not necessarily even a rivalry game. It's just yeah. like a perfect like those teams are about around. And it's at Tennessee. I feel like if that were at Oklahoma, it would tell us less. But yeah. Oklahoma at Tennessee, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. And we end with uh, oh, it's cute. It's Vanderbilt. Uh, clearly, speaking of teams that had their little moment, it is what it what it's hard to imagine a team falling off that much, even with a coaching change. Are, is this who they are forever, what, or is he just that bad of a coach? Well, I think you got two things that happened. One, um,
2: James Franklin just absolutely decimated their recruiting class. I mean, left there was there was no one in the pipeline yeah. because he had a class he had his class wrapped up, yeah. and then he took a quarter of them to Penn yeah. State with him. Uh, so they really played some catch up and going and getting guys that mm, had really no business playing SEC yeah. football. Um, The the second thing that happened is yeah, Derek Mason is not a very he is the he is the Stanford version of Will Muschamp. He's just Mm not how did they get it that wrong?
1: Like
2: Um, I don't know. I I, you Mm -hmm. know I haven't really talked to anybody that can say anything with any definiteness. But I think everything you need to know is he had to fire both his coordinators, so it really makes you question after first year, right? It really makes you question. (laughs) <laughs> it is but it makes you question yeah. what's his ability to be CEO of a complex organization yeah, yeah. I mean a great coordinator on uh, no doubt whatsoever is about his ability to pay attention to one unit but then you start paying attention to everything else and some, some guys just don't have that
1: yeah that home loss to Temple 37 to 7 yeah to start this and it wasn't that close yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a bad sign yeah that's a bad sign they, they did beat Charleston Southern and Charleston Southern is not <sighs> oh, yeah, so yeah. Um, that's probably all I need to say about Vanderbilt. <laughs> no, Scott, you I, I, you you've been breaking down Vanderbilt film.
0: I think there's a lot to. Uh, I'll, the only yeah. thing I thought of when you were talking about the the way that they're kind of going down, it seems like that hill. As I was thinking, Woody Woodenhofer era, maybe again. You know, maybe yeah. maybe Poe, or Bobby Johnson. Bobby Johnson. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, Tennessee uh, Tennessee's uh, Vanderbilt's rightful place in the SEC is. Kind of to play spoiler on um, anchor you know, down. And, and, well, let's let's not even talk about their media <laughs> intern <laughs> problems, uh, but they, uh, you know, I think their their legitimate place is because they 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 face some structural issues that they they're not going to be able to compete. I mean, they're who they compete with for talent are Notre Dame, Stanford. Maybe Duke, um, although there's some argument there to be made, and uh, and then the one-off, you know, the um, what's Robinson that Georgia is really interested in, but it's also considering Stanford, Notre Dame. um, You know, those are the kind of guys that Vanderbilt. They got to
1: pick those off. They
2: got to pick those off, right? And and for the past uh, until James Franklin, Stanford, Notre Dame got those guys. Uh, What was the kid out of Buford that went and ran football? uh, Walker uh, for for Notre Dame. Um, uh, the big lineman that went to Stanford that Georgia really really almost had locked down until the last minute he went to Stanford Um, you know those are the kinds of guys that that James Franklin convinced to come to Vanderbilt um, and Derek Mason can't I mean he just won't Uh, so you know we've talked about Vanderbilt probably 25
1: minutes longer yeah, than I think we yeah. should have. But yeah, well, I've been listening to a lot of Vanderbilt college bo- podcasts. Have so you? Of, yeah, uh, I uh, I've got a lot in the brain. That's interesting. All right. So let's finish up. our. right. Let's do our seven for the sec East. Tony, start us off. I got to go with Georgia. Uh, I
2: don't see, I just, uh, when, when you're making preseason projections, you just kind of have to uh, hold your breath and hope what you see in front of you actually materializes. Uh, I still want to say Missouri. Um, their schedule is a lot easier than Tennessee's. Um and it's also they've shown that they can yeah. survive in, in that system. Uh Tennessee, then South Carolina, um, Florida, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Florida's schedule is just brutal. We talked about it a few minutes ago. And it's just if their schedule wasn't it's so so tough, I might even put them above South Carolina. But if Tennessee and, and Kentucky are gonna finally break their streets against Florida this year.
1: Uh, you and I are very close. I have uh, Georgia one as well. I have Missouri two as well. I have Tennessee three. I have Florida four. South Carolina five. Kentucky six. And Vanderbilt seven. And I'm and for what it's worth, I am very tempted to put Kentucky above above South
0: Carolina. I feel like that thing could bottom out this year. Scott, I've got UGA first. I've got Homer. U- uh, hey, I mean, <laughs> but here's here's the thing. I've got UT second and. For some reason, Tony, tell me if this makes sense. I keep having visions of two thousand seven for this season. You know, remember when we lost? We got we were down twenty eight nothing at halftime to Tennessee. We Tennessee just.
2: I'm going to have to burn this room now. Tennessee,
0: <laughs> Tennessee just could not lose.
2: Well, there's two the important leader. things. Willie Martinez coaches for them now, so we get right and we get to run play action. Um, I think that's
1: all I need to say. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, certainly if Georgia has just lost to Alabama and then Tennessee wins that we're game. being optimistic. Tennessee yeah. is without question in the driver's seat. Yeah, I think that's but, right. But I'm not, yeah. But I'm, I'm not, I'm, we'll just see, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, before. we're trying to be optimistic.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Who else do you have? If Georgia
1: loses both of those games, oh, yes. There's a Tennessee we'll, just, we'll just end the
0: podcast right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drop the mic, literally. Um, I've got Missouri third, Florida fourth, South Carolina, but Will's trying to convince me to yeah. drop them a little bit. And then Kentucky and Vanderbilt. I mean, no surprise there. I think really just the differences are the flip-flopping between Missouri and Tennessee.
1: Yeah,
2: I think that's probably right.
0: I, want to, I forgot to do this before we did that.
1: The uh, the Football Outsiders win probabilities. We'll look at just Georgia. Would you take Football Outsiders gives Georgia a 6% chance of going 12-0? I have to say that like six percent chance is that's not terrible. That's better than I thought it would That's that's not terrible. A twenty three percent chance, one in four essentially, to go eleven and one, which is going to get you in the SEC championship yes. game. No, I'll take that. And thirty four percent at ten and two, which might also get you in the SEC championship. Game. Yeah. And which will be a, maybe a later question that we'll we can discuss of whether ten and two and a win in the SEC championship game gets you in the playoff is a fascinating question. Uh, and then 25%, 9-3, 10%, 8-4, and, and then 2%, 7-5. So there's a 0% chance this team isn't winning at least six games. All right, now it's time for our playoff. Time to really get serious now. Time to get really really get serious. I will start us off because I haven't started us off yet at all as soon as I find my page. <clears throat> I, my, here are my picks. I think there will not be two teams from one conference. No, I think, yeah, that, I think that, I think, I think the fact that conferences keep getting shut out is going to be a reason their, their statements to the contrary. This is going to go to eight. I
2: yeah.
1: think I, and I that or the conferences are going to go to four.
2: I mean, the only way it happens is if you get, um, basically a rematch win in the sec championship game and it's, Thirty-one twenty-eight, like it was Georgia Alabama. Yeah, that's
1: the great one. And, right. the t- and if let's say Georgia Alabama split, right, that's and it's I'm the saying. only loss, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, right, which right, right, whoever right.
2: wins that game, lost yeah. the regular season. Yeah, uh, then you're basically looking at the Alabama LSU scenario from a few years yeah. ago. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, and, and, and still at that point, you basically have to have every
1: other champion fall, right? Right. with one at least one loss. Right. So, uh, so here are mine. Uh, one is Ohio State. I just I, I feel like if you're not picking, and I don't know who you guys pick, but if you're not picking Ohio State, you're not being there. Like you're just being needlessly contrarian. Like yeah. you're just you're just being silly. There's no one, Michigan State is actually not bad this year. I don't think they're but, a good team, but the Ohio State's so much better than Ohio State would be favored to win the SEC. I think pretty yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, so uh, two, I actually have TCU. I feel like TCU may very well go undefeated this year. I can actually see that for them. I don't think that conference is that great. Uh see so that happening. Uh, three, I feel like it is Notre Dame. I'm actually picking Notre Dame Ooh. to make it this year, and I think they, I think they can end up going undefeated in this. And four, I think is going to be whoever wins the SEC, SEC championship game. And I am. This is my first year on this podcast. I'm picking Georgia to win that game, so I'm picking Georgia in the playoff to be out. great great What? What? When I'm putting you're...
0: them four because I'm okay, assuming better. I'm, well, I, yeah. No, no, not at all, not at all. Uh,
1: basically, what you're doing is you're picking Georgia to make to win the SEC. So just bowl uh, 92 rematch. You're yeah. picking them to win the SEC championship. That's like what you're doing, and I think that I think the SEC is going to be messy enough. Uh, but Georgia has the that's why a lot of people have Georgia as a higher, more likely to win the SEC than Alabama. Not because it's necessarily better than Alabama, but because they have a clearer ride to the SEC championship game, which gets you into the playoffs. So yeah. I'm picking Georgia in that game. <clears throat> yeah. So there you go. I'm not a homer, though. I'm not even from here. All right. Well, that... He doesn't uh, even play golf. I do not play golf. I do not own clubs. You guys, people are... Wait, you're wasting time. You could be spending downloading... Stuff. Illegal things. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Not things that... People doing things illegally, just downloading things that you're
0: not... You know what I'm saying. Maybe let you keep talking?
1: No. no. Okay. Kill this mic. All
0: right. So I've got number one, Will. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I got Ohio State. Yeah. You know, I think that the quarterback situation is like an embarrassment of riches yeah. over there. I mean, so is it going to be T.J. Barrett or is it going to be Jones? I think it's Henry Jones. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Henry Jones. But you know, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I almost I almost started talking Heisman stuff there. But we're going to do that in a second. Um, number two, I believe in the men of Troy. It's his second year there. I mean, yeah. think about what happens to coaches and teams in the second. Year too. Yep. Um, and so for three, I've got the Horned Frogs. Mm-hmm. My mom is a TCU alum. I grew up kind of semi-pulling for the mm-hmm. Horned Frogs. And so I'm going to go with the uh, TCU. You know, really, and I think that the Baylor TCU winner could possibly slip into that because they're going to feel so bad for what happened last year. And if they are undefeated, either one of them could slip into that spot. Yeah. Um, and then four, I've got it hyphenated, or I got a, I got a four slash, slash. yeah. And I've got Auburn, Georgia, and I think the winner, that, right. that's who's going to play. Well, the you have to pick one. Game. I know, and I'm going to pick Georgia, okay. Okay. of course. Um, and then what I have? Do you want me to break it down even further? No, we just need the four. Unless you want, unless you're really. Oh, I've gone another. Direction. Oh, you want to keep going? You want to see? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because okay. I was thinking like that. I mentioned to Tony a second ago. Georgia versus Ohio State, a four-one. So you're
2: taking them. You're taking UGA at four, also.
0: Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking UGA at four, and then I'm I'm envisioning what it would be like Georgia versus Ohio State. You know, last time they played was ninety-two Citrus Bowl, Kirk Herbstreit's last game. Um, And I've got Ohio State beating Georgia. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then USC TCU. Yeah. Of course USC beating TCU for a matchup of USC. Versus Ohio State, which would be amazing, and I did get this hot stat uh, today, which kind of made me, you know, think that I was on the right track. Was that Ohio State has lost seven times in a row to USC, uh-huh. and so I think USC. When,
2: when? When's the last time that happened? What last? Time the that? last loss against the Southern Cal.
0: I don't know. You, you, no, this I'm a, just curious. Do you know the so, answer? Yeah. I don't know no, I don't know. But I, but I think that it's been. It's been a many, long time. Many many years since yeah. Ohio State mm. beat USC, and so you know I think that uh, every writer like Will is going to love writing about you know you know the glitz and the glamour of LA coming back, and I think it's going to be a gradual build, and you know by midseason, I mean it's not going to be like Reggie Bush era Pete Carroll USC, but you know uh, Kessler's back. Is Snoop Dogg's son on the team? I think
1: no. I think there are no longer any
0: rapper sons. Okay, so So. Yes. Diddy's son is off UCLA. Yeah, I yes. think they're all cleared out.
2: I think I think your scholarship is pulled when you beat down a coach with a kettlebell. Yeah, that's I think that's part. Hey, of Hey, speak the, for yourself. That's part yeah. of the NOI. I yeah. think it's part of the
0: letter of intent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. was that was that P Diddy that did that? I think that's right. So yeah, so we're talking USC. So yeah, I think USC takes it. You know, the number two ranked team at the end of the year upsets the number one ranked team, and you know, we as Georgia fans, we pat ourselves on the back and feel pretty good about getting the playoff, but then we continue the flogging in the off season of, like, why can't we break through?
1: Uh, that's another question I'm curious after we get yours, Tony, is whether a playoff appearance would make pe- enough people happy. But we don't have to get into that yet because it hasn't actually happened yet. So we don't right. discuss it yet. Um, All right, let's hear
2: for Okay, well, I, I'm not going to argue with Ohio State. They're yes. just going to be even if they slip up and you know somehow lose to Michigan State or right. whatever happens, they're
1: going to win that Virginia Tech game. That Virginia yeah. Tech game. Um, <laughs>
2: you know, I, I, I'm like you. TC, TCU, Baylor winner, and TCU gets them in Fort Worth. So mm-hmm. I, I just I flipped a coin there and went with TCU. Uh, frankly, I, either team mm. could go, but it's TCU. Um, and I'm not doing mine in order, uh, yeah, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, I spent the most time looking to see who uh, my third and fourth team were. Um, I, I'm going to say the SEC winner goes by default. I, um, I'm i going to pick Georgia just because I think... Think our defense is going to be that good? Um, we're going to if we match up really well with Alabama. Um, I, you know, I'm worried about the Auburn game just because they're going to be probably rolling defensively. I'm worried about Tennessee uh, because of you know they they are a pretty good team. But if we we have the kind of schedule where even if we lose one game in potentially two games, which is probably a whole other podcast, uh, we could still get in the playoffs just because our schedule is going to be really that tough at the end. When you look at it at the end of the season, I just think it will be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think we'll, we win the SEC and we we you know, we go. If, if we don't, whoever wins the SEC does. Yeah. Um, and then my four teams, UCLA. Um, oh. I hate picking UCLA. Uh, I have a lot of good friends who are Southern Cal guys. Um But, you know, I don't think Oregon's going to quite be back uh, where they were last year. Um, But UCLA returns virtually everyone except for their quarterback. uh, Off a team that was actually pretty good, especially at the end of the season. Um, I'm a little concerned about whether a guy by the name of New Heisel can actually lead a team to the playoffs. um, But I just couldn't pick them over Southern Cal because Southern Cal still has some questions offensively. Uh, although the winner of that game, the Southern Cal-UCLA game, probably will, be, will win the Pac-12. Um, in, in my mind, the winner of that game probably goes to the, national, to, the to the playoffs. But I just picked UCLA just because I think they'll be a little, a little better team.
1: So it's going to be all four of us uh, have the ACC out. Yeah. Uh, entirely. Oh. I actually have the pack twelve out as well. But I'd like to know in case there was any doubt whether or not this is a Georgia podcast. All three of us.
2: I, I'd struggle with it, Will. I really did. Um, you know, the, the Alabama, the probably the second best Alabama team in saving this time was the was the team that beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um and I was at that game and we literally stood toe for toe toe with them. Um I don't think Georgia has this mystique of Alabama problem that people think we do. Yeah. I just don't. A lot of people want point to that game, the blackout game. Um, that was kind of the game. Uh, that was the start of Mark Rick changing who Mark Rick is. I think it was. I think he went back after 10 and looked at that game and, and saw everything that he had yeah, done yeah. wrong as a coach up to that point in his career and, and really started retooling. Now, does that mean we'll beat Alabama? No, I don't. I don't think it does. But we match up great against yeah. Alabama. Um, I think they're going to have the same questions on on offense that we do. I think our defense matches up great against their offense, um, and I think we can beat them twice. Frankly,
1: right. um, that would be fun.
2: Yeah, that would. be <laughs> fun. Uh, And that's that's why I picked Georgia I, again. I spent a lot of time oh, on yeah, Georgia I, Alabama yeah. because I, you know I I wanted to be. I'm not objective about UGA. I, I will not pretend to be, but I try to be objective in these picks because you know someone's going to make we're some comment on Twitter. It's are totally this. this will actually be in the out in public soon. Um, <laughs> but you know the, I, the playoff the playoff thing. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan. I wish we'd go back to the old free for all bowl and let's have let's have let's have four national champions. Auburn would like that. And um, but you know I, I but if we're going to do the playoffs, I think I think you have to reward teams. One quick note about the ACC. There is no team in the ACC that's going to run the table. Yeah. There's not Florida State's not good enough. If you're talking about starting Everett Goldson, yeah. there is just no team. Um, you know, and I really looked at, the, I really looked deeply at that that conference to see if there's somebody there that could. Well, Notre Dame's
0: playing an ACC kind of, yeah. sort of schedule, kind of. So, and yeah.
2: then, and then I looked at Notre Dame. That was yeah. the other team that I really went. I really spent a lot of time looking at. Um, it sets up well for them. It year. sets up really well for them. They have a couple of tough games. Uh, the Miami game is a little yeah. bit of a pitfall for them. They have Southern Cal. Uh, Boston College, for some reason, always plays them <laughs> yeah, really well. Uh, I think it's I think it's the Americans Mar- versus the Jesuits. Um, but, you know, I think it's just one of those things where um, they ha- I think they have to go undefeated to get in. Yeah, I so. And I just don't think they do.
1: All right, we'll wrap up with Heisman. We'll just do a Heisman. We'll, we don't have to get too much detail on the Heisman, but everybody... Pick your, you pick just your. Just give him uh, one name. Just give him one name. One name. I'll, I'll go first. I'm going Boykin. I, I feel like it's my favorite. Look, it's right got to be Boykin. Boykin. Got to be Boykin. I mean, I Boykin we first. all have TCU in this thing. It has to be Boykin. Did you say Boykin also?
2: Well, that's I. I have several names. Okay, so you. who's your second? Connor Cook, Michigan State. Never heard of him. You will.
0: <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> So I, I, had, be, uh, I had the quarterback
1: of Ohio State, either Carter or CJ Barrett. Yeah. So, so I figure if USC makes it, you should have Kessler on there. He would, no, he would, he would absolutely no, it's, be on there. It's if they one of these
2: they make it to that game. Kessler or K- uh, James Conner from Pitt and uh, Laquan Treble are my dark horses.
0: Laquan Treble? Yeah. If, if, if Treble
2: player. has a comeback year and really sparks that offense, he's going to be the kind of guy that will get, you know, he's going to be getting 15 to 20 targets a game. He has potential to put up multiple 200-yard, four-touchdown games, three-touchdown games. That's the kind of stuff as a wide receiver gets you noticed, you know, especially old, if it's a comeback.
0: If, if he does come back and, and starts playing well, they should give him the number 38, you know, the, the special t- the number, Chucky the Chucky Mellon's number. Mullen's yeah. number. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because of what happened, that injury was so gruesome. Yeah. I remember watching it. Yes. It was the day of the Georgia-Florida game, and I yes. felt awful. Yes. And it made me Got feel Got time to see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then third, I have Nick Chubb. Uh,
2: you know, my problem with Chubb going to New York is that, you know, you just about to have to have over 2,000 yards. You just about have to have, you know... And right, you have to have a blowout, you have, crazy uh, stack. Yeah, you have to have multiple 200-plus yard gains. you got to have 2,000 yards. As a, as a running back, you just about have to have uh, double di- average double-digit touchdowns and average five-plus yards per
0: carry. Nick but Chubb's
2: capable of doing all those things. it sets up. The,
0: the conditioning or the condition here at Georgia sets up with the question the quarterback and then he's our workhorse. And it yeah.
2: does, but he's going to have to touch the ball 20-plus times. Is he, he
0: going to play in there. the second half in any game before South Carolina and maybe not even
1: then? Like, there's no reason to pump up his stats. You've got good backups. Yeah, I mean, he,
2: I mean, he ran yeah. the ball, what, 26 times against Missouri and got 143 yards because Missouri said, you're going to beat us by running the football <laughs> And, and we did, um, but yeah, we we scored a we had a defensive touchdown and, and recovered of f- yeah. like a fumbled interception or something right inside the one, um, and then the the L, the L, the Louisville game. I think at that point, Mark Root was just toying with Todd Grantham. So, which
0: is fine with me. But <laughs> nah. Believe
1: me, I was on the sideline for that almost. It so, Will, like, who's yours? I think Boykin.
0: I've got okay. Boykin. Yeah, I got Boykin. I yeah. feel
1: like the best quarterback on the team that's going to make the playoff. I yeah, find hard not. Yeah. All right. All right, well, that was fun. All right, yeah. so there we go. We wrapped that up. So no. so next week, we're talking tailgating. We're gonna,
0: yes. yeah, next I'm week going to
1: be on. I'm going to be in Arizona next week. I'll be watching. Oh, wait. We forgot the 60. Oh, we no, forgot we my 60.
2: Cool to cue. I'm about to queue up the right, 60, seconds.
1: Of I- 60 seconds at oh, the Illini. Oh, right. Last week, I did not actually finish the 60 seconds. No, so you, you finished over. ahead of time. I know. Okay, that's I'll what I mean. mean. More
0: from you. That's what I mean. And maybe if you could throw in your prediction of where you think they'll finish. Okay, I'll be going your route. out. And then offensive MVP. MVP.
1: Are we ready to do this? All right, go for it all right. <laughs> this is the Indian song. There are no words to the Indian song. Um, okay, so that's not the actual words there. Um, so the big news this week that really was concerning about Illinois is uh, Jihad Ward. Their big, the, the guy that pro, they're actual pro scouts actually at. Illinois practice in Rantoul which has not happened in like three or four years. He is hurt. He's going to have surgery. He's only going to miss the first two or three weeks. He'll be back for the North Carolina game. It's definitely concerning. That as long as he's back for that game, that's the first tough game. Uh, so really, it's got right now. Wes Lunt. If, if, if people actually like college football will remember Wes Lunt. He was the Oklahoma State quarterback who got the job after Case Keenum and was the stud. Freshman quarterback. He will be a starting quarterback this year. We're talking about an all-Big Ten player until he gets hurt in week three. So it's all going to fall apart. <laughs>
0: huh? Is that a screaming goat? Yeah. It's, I um, it's I, I it.
1: thought that might have been you surprising Tim Beckman in the shower. <laughs> so, um, I guess it was the goat. I guess it was the goat. All right. So, so that's my minute. So next week, tailgate. Next
0: week, we're talking tailgate. Will, you're going to be in Arizona. I'll be in Arizona okay, with my father so watching the
1: Cardinals play the we we'll so we'll I will a- not be here.
0: We don't want to disappoint y'all, so we will get Will's uh, pre-recorded sixty seconds of Illinois that we might edit, or who knows, we might take some liberties with it. But it will be in the the podcast next week. It will just be (laughs) sixty seconds of the screaming goat. I'm cool with that. That, That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, So yeah, next week is tailgate talk, and a thing I'd like to do is I'm going to come up with about two or three. I don't know. I might get a little crazy with it and get about seven or eight these random questions uh, that pertain to tailgates. Maybe some traditions. What really uh gets you aggravated about tailgating, you know, because I know that we had I have some out. opinions. Don't, yeah, I have yeah, some opinions. Yeah, I know, and I agree with uh, quite a few of those that it seemed to have just popped up recently. Yeah. Uh, over the past five or six years. So I'll blame Mike Adams.
1: I'm worried actually, because I tailgate with you, and this I, doesn't I, have anything to do I'm with it. I'm not gonna be here, so it's I'm not the one causing the problem. You know, no, like no, no, waiting, no. like, oh, Will's not gonna be here. I can finally get after the people that screw up the tailgate.
2: We'll talk. Ah, <laughs>
0: So yeah, so that, that'll be next week, and then after that, we're getting closer. It's closer real. to It's real. We're, we're talking about we'll real talking football. About, what None the, of this made up stuff. They're the Warhawks. Warhawks. Okay, they Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Yeah,
2: not the University of uh, Louisiana. It used to be Northeast Louisiana. Yeah, uh, it's been a lot of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. they beat them seventy to six back in like ninety four. Yes, yeah. yes. That was my, one of my first college games. Wow. Dressed in a tie, a coat and tie for fraternity life. Anyway. Which is the right thing to do. That's that's a story for another day. So thanks for joining us on the Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast. Make sure you drop the G, add the apostrophe. We are in the South, and I want to thank Tony and Will for joining me today. What's the tagline? Do we need a tagline? Like we'll see. I've been saying we'll see you on campus, but I think that sounds a little bit kind of too formal.
2: We'll put a, we'll we'll give it to our tagline committee.
0: Okay, we'll discuss. Yeah. Maybe to Twitter. Yeah, we'll go to
2: Twitter. Twitterverse.
0: All right. That's it. Thanks, y'all. Okay. Right. Bye. And that's our show for the week. Make sure to stop by iTunes where you can subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. You can also follow and Since Last Saturday on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Tune in next week. We're going to be a little thin on our depth chart, and it's just going to be Tony and me. Will's going out west to Arizona so he can attend a few St. Louis Cardinal games. But continuing our preseason schedule, we'll be talking tailgating traditions at UGA, some of our favorite experiences at other SEC schools, and see what Tony's going to have on the grill for September 5th. There will also be a series of questions I've prepared, especially for Tony, just to get his thoughts on some of the other important issues surrounding college football this season, such as the proliferation of alternate jerseys and helmets. And we're not just talking about schools like Oregon and Maryland. And yes, even though he won't be present with us, you'll still get to hear another round of 60 Seconds with Will, highlighting the best of Illinois football. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and until next time, we'll be counting down the days to kick off with you. See you on campus.